This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. This podcast is produced by podcastandradio.com. Small Biz. Small Biz America. The Brain. Our guest on this segment believes that today's business leaders operate in an increasingly harsh environment of industry disruption, social media influence, and startup competition. We all know this. And he believes that the factors involved in surviving this ecosystem, this landscape, have surprising similarities to actual wilderness survival psychology. Jonathan David Lewis is partner and strategy director at McKee Walwork and Company. He's led his firm to national branding and marketing recognition achieving multiple advertising age awards as a business thought leader jonathan is a regular contributor to forbes digiday and advertising age he's also an expert in the factors that lead to stalled growth and helping companies navigate the dangers of the brand wilderness sounds fascinating and he has a new book it's called brand versus wild building resilient brands for harsh business environments as we sit together he is also a nationally recognized brand strategist and uh, David joins us from his offices in Albuquerque, New Mexico, right down the road from us in our studios. Jonathan, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, David. Absolutely. So I have to start. Do you have a personal connection, Jonathan, to the wilderness or survival? Is this a part of your personal life in any way? You know, probably the closest I get is I'm an avid Spartan. Um, so, you know, a couple times a year I go on a torture fest and do one of those Spartan runs. Wow. And, uh, you know, which are basically long runs filled with obstacles, uh, military-esque. That's probably the closest I get. Certainly this has pushed me towards that. So I'm yeah. trying to raise money to repel off of a skyscraper here in a couple months on behalf of the Y. Beyond that, it's closer to I've always been around the wilderness. So I, I grew up on a tiny little Indian reservation up in Washington State, which is one of the most raw, rugged places on earth, one of the most beautiful places on earth. Um, I've, I've lived here in New Mexico for many, many years. And in many ways, we, we are a literal and figurative wilderness. Um, and there's so many things to love about Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, but there's also a, a different mentality. And there's a way to survive and thrive here, especially if you're in the marketing advertising business. You have to have a different sort of mentality. So it's always surrounded me in terms of pushing my limits, pushing myself, I, I think my outlet has been the Spartan race. So interesting. Uh, let's connect some dots to the wilderness, you know, from the marketing side. So what are some of the skills us business people, business leaders can learn from what you know about what it takes to survive in the wilderness? 
Yeah, well, really, the premise of Brand versus Wild is this idea that I think we're all feeling. I mean, that's the reason I wrote the book. All of my colleagues, all of my clients, I'm reading it everywhere. We're all overwhelmed by the sheer pace of change in the world around us. And and it's overwhelming and it's isolating. And we don't know what to do with it. You think about automation and artificial intelligence. And and then you get into things like politics, the Brexit and Trump disrupting politics. We don't know what to do with this. How do we not just survive it. I mean, how do we navigate it and thrive in the midst of it? And that's really the premise. And there is a way, but you, you have to get your arms around it first. And it's the velocity, as Thomas Friedman says, you know, it is moving faster than any of us on a human scale can possibly uh, comprehend or get our brains around, as you say. And, and it's also the what it is. And so many, that's the multiplicity of messaging and information and stimulus in a marketing environment. So I love the notion of, you know, beginning to get a glimmer of getting comfortable to be able to operate and, as you put it, navigate. So, Jonathan, are there specific skills that we can learn from true survivors that can help us navigate the velocity and possibly the multiplicity of of what's happening? Well, absolutely. And that was really one of the stunning things we learned that led to Brand vs. Wild, which is we have over 10 years of proprietary research into the factors that affect business growth. We know that there are seven factors that affect business growth. What we've learned is they are highly correlated with the latest in survival psychology. You know, it sounds crazy on the surface. When you go under the surface, it is absolutely true. So much so that I can say something preposterous. Like there is very, very little difference psychologically between a group of survivors crash landed on a mountain or lost in the wilderness or in Mm. the desert. Very little difference psychologically between them and a group of business professionals trying to tackle, handle, navigate navigate an unexpected challenge. Both groups have a predictable response to disruption. And that's the first place to start is understanding yourself. You know, understand how you are going to react. You are probably reacting today because we're all being disrupted. That's where you have to start in order to find resilience, which is this idea that is really part and parcel of our new strategic imperative for businesses. It's not old world thinking around size, longevity, scale. These are old notions of success. The modern economy demands resilience, which has a whole new principles required for success. Before you even get there, though, you need to know how you're going to react in the midst of, of the wilderness, uh, in the midst of disruption. And when you discover that survival psychology has really uh, you know, opens the door to a lot of, of new ways of thinking, it really frees you uh, to take on uh, new tactics for tackling this, this pretty overwhelming modern economy we're in the midst of. So I love this. So, And you've said that there's an immediate reaction. And first of all, let me say that this makes a lot of sense as well, because we're human beings that are wired. We've got DNA. We've got cellular memory. So it, it makes sense that there would be this reptilian sort of um, approach that comes very naturally and ubiquitously to all of us humans that are trying to navigate all this stuff. And it started with, you know, surviving in the wilderness. So this doesn't sound that preposterous, at least to me. Now, to my listeners, I can't say. We'll find out. But um, You have said that there's an immediate reaction to disruption, and this may not be the way to do it. So talk a little bit. Let's unpack this. Yeah, well, what we've learned in our own business research is that there's seven factors that affect growth. They're predictive in terms of how, how you, whether you're growing or you're having stalled growth in, in companies. Mm-hmm. Three of them are external. They're things you'd expect. They're things like the economy, disruption, or aggressive competition. And those are really the catalysts for the four 
other internal dynamics that affect growth. And this is where we got really excited our, mm. ourselves, is we discovered four of the seven statistically significant factors that affect growth are inside of us. They're inside of our organizations. And the, when we found out this is correlated with survival psychology, we learned when you are disrupted, when you face an unexpected challenge, these four internal uh, factors hit in cascading order. So the first thing that happens when you're lost, mm-hmm. when you're disrupted, is you deal with fear. Then you begin to to drift as an organization. You lose your focus. Then you become very inconsistent, and the wild very seriously can turn you wild as an organization. And then ultimately and finally, <laughs> we all turn savage. We all become we we lose our alignment and we turn savage. We turn on each other. Now there are very specific bad decisions we make all along the way with right. each factor. Right. <laughs> and and knowing that so that you can in you, in the midst of it you can sort of stop and say, okay, I'm I'm uh, taking a very predictable response to this this situation and it's a bad response. That's your first step to avoiding what you know what Sears is doing, what JC Penney's is doing, what all these companies are doing as they're being disrupted. Right, right. And it makes so much sense that fear is at the top of the list. I mean it's been said that fear and love are the two sort of human uh, uh, I mean, that there is the polarity of human emotion, and then all the other gradient areas in between represent derivatives of those ideas. So fear being at the top and this idea that an immediate reaction is wrong seems right, right? Right. Definitely. And when you think about fear... The first thing, in terms of a business sense, usually the first thing we deal with when we're afraid is this resistance to invest in ourselves, in our R&D, in our marketing. When the research says when the market's down, when you're embattled, you need to invest. I mean, that's when the opportunity opens itself. That's also where you lose a lot of ground. We also, probably the biggest mistake we make when we're afraid as an organization is we have a resistance to narrowly define our target. We will take anything because we're afraid. We're, we're just in survival mode. So we'll just take anything that comes along. When the research says the more narrowly you define your audience, the more you grow and the more margin you find. So that, those are terrible decisions we start to make because we're just afraid. And there's this, there's this awesome theory in survival psychology that was developed by Dr. John Leach. He has a theory called the 10-80-10 theory. He says that in any disruptive environment, in any survival scenario, we all react in one of three ways. 10% of us are prepared. So when we're disrupted, we get through it logically. We think rationally. We can we can get through it, and we can lead other people through it. Mm-hmm. 80% of us are paralyzed by disruption. We are afraid. We don't know what to do, so we don't do anything. We just kind of freeze. And then another 10% of us panic. We make things worse. <laughs> we we, we uh, make dangerous decisions for ourselves and make things more dangerous for others. So a good 90% of us are not prepared for disruption. And so we react very, very poorly. And that's why fear is such an important – it's at the top because it's, it's physiological. First of all, we don't have a choice. You're going to be afraid when you do with disruption, but also we're hardwired to react a certain way. And so we have to, we have to tap into the rational part of our brain to overcome the irrational part of our brain that's, that takes control when we're afraid. So fear's at the top and it's really that first reaction that we have to be aware of and, and work very hard to overcome. And Jonathan, so you, so this awareness, the power in knowing that you have fear is really where it all starts. That lays a foundation for becoming more rational. I'm guessing if I'm reading uh, into the, this, what I'll just 
describe as a sequence of healthy responses to disruption. I'll call it that. That's my language, not yours. Survivors tend to focus on navigating risk rather than trying to measure it or reduce it. So in other words, we're just trying to avoid the trouble, again, fear-based, trying to just avoid stuff rather than you know, relax, breathe. Okay, what's happening here? Kind of a thing. Is that what this means? This is really part and parcel. It's fundamental to the new economy where we've reached a point in the cycle of disruption, the business cycle, which used to last years or sometimes decades, which is now just going so much quicker. We've reached a point where disruption is now a bigger part of our natural (laughs) cycle, I guess you could say. It's happening quicker and quicker. So companies have to change and, and understand how to change. And the problem is most of us as business professionals, we treat our jobs, we've historically treated our jobs, we've been taught in school that our jobs in many ways are to really treat it like we go to work every day, we get in a boat, we float into the middle of the ocean, and our jobs are to bail out as much uncertainty, as much risk as possible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a wave comes over the side, a leak springs in the bottom of the boat, so we bail it out. Well, the problem is, it's no longer, you know, clear skies anymore. It's a raging storm. There's just so much disruption happening so many, so quickly from so many different areas. We've got mountains of water piling over. We've got 30 leaks in the bottom of our boat. We cannot reduce risk to a comfortable level in every decision anymore. So as opposed to, you know, most of us, our reaction is, well, let's get more efficient at bailing out water. Let's work on going faster, quicker, and more efficiently bailing out all this risk. When really, perhaps the answer is to learn how to swim, get out of the boat, embrace uncertainty, embrace risk, and, and understand how to navigate it rather than just trying to get rid of it. Because we've reached a point, I mean, look at research and polling, right? If you look at that whole field, yeah. they have consistently gotten things wrong over the last few years, yeah. whether it's Brexit, or if you look in the Israel elections, or if you look at the most recent election, presidential elections, sure. you, we, we don't have certainty anymore. And to pretend like we can measure it, like we what maybe perhaps we could have a little bit better in the past is is just crazy. We can't. So you and I, as business professionals, we have to change our mindset from my job is to reduce risk, to get rid of risk, to my job is to learn how to navigate it, to make decisions despite risk. So beautiful. We're visiting with Jonathan David Lewis. He is a strategist at McKee Wallwork and Company. They are in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Brilliant brand and uh, really a total, you're, you're an all ser- a full service ad agency, are you not? We are. I mean, really, in many ways, our niche is turning around stalled, stuck, and stale brands. Wow. Yes, we have full service, but that's where we really focus. The website there is www.mckee.com. That's M-C-K-E-E, Wallwork, W-A-L-L-W-O-R-K.com. And, of course, it'll be in the show notes as well. Okay, so the fear drives a lot of this, the losing focus. And you've seen this in organizations. You've probably seen it with clients you work with where they are swatting at flies. They're trying to broaden and broaden because they're, they're afraid they're going to lose everybody rather than narrowing and narrowing. That's so brilliant. And for those listening, we have a mixed audience of solo entrepreneurs, you know, small businesses that have some employees and probably some larger organizations as well. I'm going to guess everything we're saying here is ubiquitous, whether it's a collective organizational idea or it's, you know, it's just human behavior is applied mm-hmm. to the solo versus the organization, right? There's not, a, 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 I'm going to guess there's not a difference. Do you agree? 
Not at all. I mean, as you as you said, we're dealing with human nature yeah, here. Human and nature. so whether you're by yourself, you you are going through those four internal dynamics. I mean, you're dealing with fear. You lose, Absolutely. You losing your focus. Uh, very it's recently just, I did. Yes, I understand exactly what you mean. Go, please. The, the problem is just compounded as you add more people. So, so yeah. that's where we get to this old idea of size and scale and longevity used to be mm. strengths, used mm. to be, you know, measures of success. Today, those are actually uh, measures of vulnerability. You're slow if you're big and often you're arrogant if you're big right. and success in many ways is that first step towards failure because Nike is learning this. Nike is being disrupted today. You know, they just announced layoffs. They're, they're trying to reorganize their product line. Nike, you know, in, has talked about this idea that when you're successful, you fall into that myth. You believe your own lie that whatever made you successful will continue to make you successful. So it's really not about size. In fact, it's, there's an inverse relationship. The bigger you are, the more you need to worry. So the smaller you are, the more, the more nimble you are, the more able you are to have alignment with, with your team or with even your own thoughts. So certainly, you know, size isn't the biggest issue here. Well, I would say this, one of the biggest problems we have as we're overwhelmed by the wild, as we're, as we're isolated by the wild is we lose our perspective. And, and when you are lost in the wilderness, perspective is life. Mm. And researchers decided to go test this where we've all seen the movies where someone's walking in circles in the desert. And I don't know if you're like me, you, you kind of wonder, does that really happen? Would I actually walk in circles? Right. Well, and have no sense of direction. Exactly. Right. Right. You know, is that, would that happen to me? Of course not. Right. Well, researchers decided to study this. They, they put GPS on individuals and dropped them in the middle of the desert, dropped them <laughs> in the middle of the forest. Love it. And it's kind of, you know, uh, kind of hilarious. But what they did is they said, okay, you're alone. You're in the middle of the wilderness. Go walk, walk in a straight line. And what they discovered were, was, yes, indeed, people walk in circles, but not everybody. The folks that walked in circles were the ones that lacked their bearings. They had no bearings. So if it was overcast and they couldn't see a mountain or they couldn't see the sun, they walked in circles. Sure. If it was nighttime, they couldn't see the moon, they walked in circles. They decided to go extreme and they actually conducted this study again, but blindfolded everybody. And 100% of everybody walked in circles. So the fact is, without your bearings, without perspective, you will, as an organization, as a person, walk in circles. You need it's you know perspective is life. Understanding what's really going on in the world, in the wild around us, is life. And to get there, you have to do the one thing you don't want to do. When you are in this sort of this death spiral, from fear to, to lack of focus to inconsistency to savagery, you're losing your perspective along the way, and you're hardwired to your, your adrenaline's pumping, you, you have these hormones pumping through your blood. The last thing you want to do is stop. Yet the first thing you must do is stop. Any survivalist will tell you this. If you're lost in the woods, you have to stop. And it's an acronym. Stop, think, observe, plan. You And what's what's interesting about this, it's not just good advice. It's actually your first act of courage. When you force yourself to be still in the midst of the chaos, no matter how bad it is, you're, you're exerting courage over yourself and allowing your rational brain to take back over from your irrational brain. You have to stop. And once you've stopped, then you have your first opportunity to get your bearings, climb a tree, climb a mountain, look around. And every case study, whether it's Marvel or Lego, both, both of which were in bankruptcy or near bankruptcy in mm -hmm. the late 90s, early 2000s, mm -hmm. they had to get their perspective. And sometimes it was forced upon them because they couldn't do it themselves. I love the idea. Because, and I was actually, you read my mind, uh, Jonathan, because I was going to ask you about in a world where velocity is so much a part of the equation and it's just 
um, outrunning our human capacity to take it all in and understand it. Uh, how do you deal with your own velocity of thought or action? And you totally addressed it, beginning with stopping and observing. It's so beautiful. As we wind this segment out, I think we've covered hasty decision-making where, where the fear leads to that. I wanted to ask about uh, the endurance factor from Ernest Shackleton. I don't know about Ernest. I'd like our audience to learn as well. Tell us about Ernest. Yeah, I mean, I think endurance and, and you know, obviously as, as a general topic, even outside of, yeah. of the endurance and his story. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's a lot of books coming out right now about grit. And, and when you think about what does it take to get through some hard times, the economy, you know, the increasing pace of change, one of the key components really is this idea of grit. And, and what we found in survival psychology is that there's this, there's, there's this phenomenon that is, that is believed to be real, but is completely not understood. It's, it's almost, you know, beyond research today, except that we have seen it. And it's called the will to live. And essentially, human beings are the most resilient uh, creatures on earth. And, and human beings are able to get through almost anything, almost anything. There's very little a human being cannot endure and survive if they are willing, if they have a will to live. And, and they first really documented this in um, POW camps in Vietnam and, and the Korean War, where there'd be two uh, similar prisoners and similar health, one chooses to die because he's lost all his will to live. He's depressed and he will die. The other same health and same condition will choose to live and will be able to endure and survive. And that same thing you see it over and over in survival psychology. And so when you get to stories like Shackleton, who, you know, is trying to traverse Antarctica and his ship is trapped between these giant converging ice fields. And there's this harrowing story, one of the greatest stories really on earth about how he led his men to safety through some of the most difficult, harrowing, awful circumstances on earth and didn't lose a single person, it came down to, I think this is one of the critical points of the book and, and for all of us, as we face the wild, as we face these, these harsh circumstances, whether we look at case studies with companies or whether we look at real life survival scenarios, the key difference between companies and groups of people that are able to face adversity and get through it and those that face it and, and go backwards or disappear has nothing to do with the externalities. It doesn't matter how 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 much money you have, how talented you are, how great of a plan you have. The key difference came down to the internal dynamics of the team. Do you have courage? Are you focused? <laughs> are you consistent? Are you aligned? If you have those things locked in place, then even a mediocre plan can get you through. If you have a great plan and zero alignment and a lot of fear, you have no chance. So brilliant. Thank you, Jonathan. Great stuff. Jonathan David Lewis has been our guest. He's the strategy director at McKee Wallwork and Company. The book, Brand Versus Wild, Building Resilient Brands for Harsh Business Environments, uh, now available everywhere and anywhere. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much uh, for this. We'll do it again for sure. Jonathan David Lewis, thanks for joining us. Thank you, David. Small Biz, Small biz America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.